Hey, all right, guys. Uh, this week, I have actually made it back from the Operation Tears of the 22 off the hardball event and came across a rather uh, humorous, uh, humorous sight to, to actually see. And it was a, pair, a Jeep that had a pair of panties on it. We're going to talk about that this week on episode 89 of the Relaxed Mail. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to Relaxed Mail, podcast that helps men change their relationship with themselves. I am your host, Brian, and I am a men's life and mindset coach who is here to help you understand that you don't have to suffer at your own expense. You can live your dream, and I encourage you to set then pursue your goals. So join me as I change the mindset and attitudes of men so that they can be the leaders of their families and their destinies. Hey man, hello and welcome to Relax Mel. All right, so this week we're talking about something you would never have thought of that you were going to be hearing about on Relax Mel. We're going to be talking about some underwear, a rather large pair of underwear. And it was, it was such a, a interesting thing to see and the people's reactions of this, this pair of underwear that was actually uh, from what the Jeep owner, uh, the owner of the, the said Jeep, uh, said they were, they were three X panties and she could said that they, in all reality, probably needs about a four X thong. And you see this and there are two reactions that she says she gets. She gets the, most of the people and the vast majority of people who see, see this set of, set of women's underwear, rather large women's underwear being strapped onto the spare tire of a Jeep is that's a pair of women's underwear on a Jeep. And they start laughing. They laugh that it cheers them up. They make comments. You see people taking pictures of it. And she says some people, they, they actually you could see them. They're trying to take a picture and be, you know, be uh, sneaky about it. And she's just like, don't worry about being sneaky. Just go snap it out out in public. And this woman's thoughts and her ideas of of why she actually has the panties on there. She's got a whole story that she kind of tells of it as that it started out as a joke, and they went off and they actually stuck them on this other woman's uh, jeep, and this woman became quite out. You thought you'd just walk down the side of her Jeep with a, with a large, with a key and just ran there, you know, just keyed the whole side of her Jeep or something. Because apparently this lady was not happy about having this rather large pair of underwear on her Jeep. And I mean, for the reasons why God only knows, I mean, us people are so complex. And like I've said before, when you throw in human emotions, things get messy often but the 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 owner of the jeep severance package took is like fine takes them off this one woman's jeep and slaps them onto hers and just started driving around town with this pair of large underwear on on the spare tire of her jeep and just you know she talked about how people everybody 
most people react very positive to it, but then she gets those random people who are just like, oh, I cannot believe you would do something like, that. you know, and they're all hoity toity high up trying to, you know, make themselves sound, you know, like, how dare you, you know, expose underwear to people? And we all know the vast majority of people wear underwear when they have clothes on. And yeah, I'll, you know, I mean, it's not something it, we used to, it used to be the end thing where, you know, you got guys would walk around and you could see, you know, panty lines on a girl, but you don't see them that often anymore. So I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that women hide their panty lines now that they take it as underwear being more secretive. But I mean, we know you wear, women wear underwear and same as men typically wear underwear. Yeah. There are those who are brave enough to brave enough to avoid the zipper. And, and go commando, but you know, the vast majority of us have a, have a set of, of, of skivvies on underneath to, to wick away the moisture and, and, and everything else that is about, uh, why we wear underwear. But this, this pair of panties and the way people react really got me to thinking about, uh, about how, why, one, why do people react the way they do? And, why do something as absurd as putting, you know, underwear on back on, on a spare tire of your Jeep? And both of those can really be, I, I bet you probably could actually break them down and they'd be two separate shows. But I, since my thoughts on them haven't fully developed, I wanted to go ahead and just combine them into two. So I have, you know, enough something to talk about to give you at least 10 minutes of, of a show. But it shows to you that society and people in general are very complex. They're, you know, something that you find funny, somebody else is not going to find funny. Do you, but because you are going to find people who don't find stuff funny, should you tiptoe around them? Should you avoid offending those within skin? Should you avoid worrying your world about what somebody else is going to think. And the answer honestly is no, because if you're going to be so busy running around, trying not to offend, offend somebody, it's kind of like what PT Barnum said. You can, uh, you can satisfy some of the people, some of the time, but all of the people, none of the time that's, it's not possible. You can't make everybody happy. And matter of fact, you yeah, honestly, you can't make anybody happy. The only person who you can make happy is yourself. So anybody else's reaction to the fact that you've got something to serve, maybe it's a, a wiener dude hanging out. If you've got, if you're from the U S and uh, I don't know if up in the uh, Northern parts of the States got them, but down in the, uh, down in the Southern States, there's this, uh, this restaurant called the Wiener Schnitzel and Wiener Schnitzel has, at least it used to used to have uh in t uh, a, a guy, a mascot called the wiener dude. And he just, he was kind of like just do, running around on the commercials and was doing goofy things. But there for a while they had uh, antenna balls. What we call antenna balls are just little, little decorations you can put on into your antennas. That's becoming a dying thing because most cars actually don't have a wire antenna anymore. They're the little triangle fin that sits on the back of your car. Well, now you can actually back in the nineties, we actually used to go off and have a, a wiener dude. And he was both hands. You'd slip both hands through the, uh, uh, over the top of the antenna 
and you, he would hold on to your antenna. And so it looked like he was hanging on for dear life as you went down, down the highway. And then there was one you could actually just, you would just set him on top and he would just, you know, make a sign. Yeah. Had Jack in the box used to have antenna balls. Uh, some people just use uh, a tennis ball as a, as a marker. And what it does, what mainly a lot of people use the antenna balls for was to recognize where their car was, but in a, in a parking lot. So you go out and you could look around and, oh, there's the, uh, there's the wiener dude and you go off. And they were funny because you'd see these different people who had, you know, different wiener dudes and they're going down the road and you'd see one. Yeah, look, it's a wiener dude. And you'd, we would have a good time. It also kind of proved that you were all point, part of a, the same community. Now, the issue that we had and why we'd always didn't always have a wiener dude on our antenna is because, well, yeah, it, apparently wiener dudes are something fun to steal when you're, <laughs> when you're going, when you're parked at the parking lot. It would never fail about, we'd have ours for about a week, week and a half, two weeks. And then we'd come out to our car one day and we'll be looking for our wiener dude. Couldn't find him, figure out where our car was. And someone had run off with our wiener dude or our jack in the box or, you know, whichever antenna ball we ended up having at that time. But what you can, what you can actually look at on what, on the whole, uh, panties on your Jeep and just having something just, you know, as ludicrous as, as that is that, you know, you're going to help somebody. And that was what, uh, the, uh, severance package owner actually was saying. It's like, you never know who you're going to help. You're going to, you may, somebody may be having a bad day, maybe having, you know, just the world raining down on their ears and they're just sitting behind, behind that the severance package and they're just they're in their own little world and then they happen to look up and notice that they're looking at a pair of ginormous underwear on the back of a jeep and maybe it's a little bit of a sexual innuendo who knows but it's still you you see it and you kind of go <laughs> it's underwear <laughs> and you know you're gonna laugh you're gonna chuckle you know you might take a picture get your do a selfie and get yourself in the you know god you're gonna do something you're just gonna show you're you can't believe what i'm just looking at right now this is just so crazy and that's that's why you don't want to play small if you find something that you think would be hilarious then go ahead and try it. There's going to be other people who have that same t- sense of humor. Yeah, there are going to be those who are going, dude, why did you do that? That was not funny. And, you know, if you get a whole, it, no one, nothing but, you know, a whole beat down of that's not funny, then okay, you know, right, you let, you tried something. It, it, you did an experiment. You thought you think it's funny. No one else thinks it's funny. All right, so you've got a weird sense of humor. You can look at it like that, or you can look at it as, oh, well, I'm not funny. I don't know why I tried that. That was so dumb. That was so stupid. And you can try to beat yourself up or you can give yourself permission just to have fun. It's like, oh, dude, I'm just being stupid. All right. So I got Mickey Mouse ears on my damn car. Who cares? You know, there are things like that. That's why there's a lot of people with uh, Volkswagen bugs that have got the gigantic, gigantic eyelashes on the head, on the headlights because it's something weird, something quirky and you see it and you kind of <laughs> eyelashes because they're eyes, you know, and you, and you get a, a, a little bit of a laugh, a little bit of chuckle and it brightens your day. There's going to be some people who go, God, that's so stupid. Why would you do that to a car? That's, you know, and whatever their problem is, is not your problem. They, they are taking whatever that is and doing a projection of 
it, like the like the paintings. Maybe they wished they were that brazen to ha- to have a Jeep that had you know size three X uh, XLR uh, XL uh, panties on on the back of their Jeep, and they because somebody else did it before them. Well, I'm fine. That's stupid. You know, they, whatever. There's always a million reasons, a million thoughts that set off that grumble butt, and those all those thoughts center around themselves. While severance packages thought it doesn't center around herself. She's it's centered around the fact that I think it's funny. Everyone else thinks it's funny. Maybe somebody else around me will think they're funny too. And that's the point that I really want to make. Life is too damn short to be taken so seriously. Lighten up a bit. Laugh. Give yourself permission to if see, see something funny, just laugh out loud. Give yourself a good, solid belly laugh. Laughter is amazing for your health, amazing for your immune system, amazing for your heart, your all your internal organs. Because when you get a really good laugh, boy, everything inside of you is jiggling and shaking and your lungs are working and they're filling up and, oh, your sides start to hurt because you're pushing so hard. And, you know, all this stuff goes on. And so much laughter is so, is great for you. You get a little, you cry, you laugh so hard, you know, you start to, you start to cry and you can't, you know, it, it's, there's so much fun and so stress relieving to have a good laugh. You're not going to be in a bad mood after you're a good laughter. You're not going to be, ha, 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 screw you. I can't believe you've done right. That doesn't, that something like that doesn't happen. You change a person's mental mindset when you can make them laugh. So, it, and, Doing that and to have to be bold enough to actually do something like putting a pair of panties on a Jeep shows that you are not playing life small. You're going to play life to the full effect. You're going to enjoy life. You're out there to have a life. You're out there to to reap the rewards for living your life. You're not going to play small. You're not going to reserve or pull your punches or hold step back just because, you know, you might make somebody mad. They get mad. It's not on you. They may direct their, their anger at you, but it's just not you that's they're mad at. They're mad at the fact that they had a thought that made them mad. They had a thought that shows that reflects upon them on the deficiencies of what they have in their life. So to sit there, so to sit there and go, well, life is, uh, life is terrible. Life is horrible is not going to serve you. Well, if you're sitting there and you're, yeah, you're having a bad time, but you can look at something and you can get out of your own head long enough, get out of your way so that you can actually just kind of chuckle at something that you found mildly amusing. Then great. You're, you're on a step to becoming a better person. Take, uh, take my adventures over at, uh, Bird's Adventure Center. This is my, I had my first public speaking. Now I could phrase it like this. I went up and I had a talk and I, I bombed. All right. I, the first five, 10, maybe 15 minutes, everybody there wasn't paying attention to what I was saying. Wasn't taking me seriously. They were sitting there laughing at words that I was talking about. Yeah. They misconstrued those words and how dare they take the, take the time to just humiliate me like that. Now see how negative that, that sensed. I would be ignoring the fact that they actually heard the details because I was screwing up and I was, I was screwing up. I, the thought the, the talk that I had came to me 
actually like the day before I was supposed to leave the day and the night before I was supposed to leave. And so I didn't have a whole lot of time to really practice it out, but I thought, I honestly thought, Hey, this is really going to fit in. This is going to be a great, uh, great example of a good talk to have with the, with the military men, because I was wanting to talk about how a man's life is not set in stone. It's not a permanent fixture. It's not always there. And you can, a man can take it and he can mold his life into any fashion that he wants. And I went to go use the analogy of a stick. Now you take ex-military guys who we don't grow up mentally past the age of 13 when it comes to dirty jokes. And so I start talking about a man's stick. First off, man stick, and you're speaking it out loud. What does it say? Well, you can look at it as a stick, or you can look at it as a stick. You know, it, you, uh, still having problems. It rhymes. It rhymes with stick. All right. And every time I would mention stick, and it took me a little bit because I was I was so in my head trying to get a, a get the sound right, and not to mention I. Was very, I was limited in where I was. I mean, I could put up a whole bunch of different excuses, but either way, I was stuck in my head for a moment for the first 10 to 15 minutes. And because of that, I was being very alert as to what the audience was doing. And I noticed every time there was a couple of times where I was talking and all of a sudden I would see everybody there really laughing and shaking their head and 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 talking to each other and i was like oh god they're not even freaking listening to me i'm i'm sitting in my head i'm wanting to play small and one not figuring not even comprehending what actually i was saying as i was talking about a man stick this and man stick that and so as i talked all of a sudden it dawned on me because i said man stick and i see everybody out there going oh you know they roll their heads back and they're laughing hard and they're they're elbowing each other and they're just they're having a good time and it dawned on me that what it was sounding like especially over a public uh, public system so you know the words aren't coming out crystal clear like they are on on the podcast here they're coming out a little bit muffled so stick dick Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm speaking. I'm throwing double, uh, double entendres at them. All right. All right. All right. So, and I'm still kind of in my head. So I start to just, I bend over and I, a little bit, pun intended, and decided, all right, let's just take this and let's shift it a little bit and let's, let's use wood. All right. As general, because that's really what it's about. It's just about the, the, the the structures of a man's life and the man's life being like a block of wood. And that's what I was thinking of. I was thinking of block of wood, but still, again, I was talking about a man's wood. All right. So, yeah, I still got them laughing, but they took in after I got finished talking, they took in and they were reciting parts of what I was saying to them. And so, yeah, my screw up was uh, was, you know. I'm never going to win an award for the best speech because of (laughs) that particular speech. But what I did, even though it was a screw up, was an incredible learning experience. I learned a lot about what to say, what not to say, but also that, you know, even when you don't think people are listening, people are listening and they took in what I said. 
So yeah, they were listening. Yeah, they might have been listening because they were waiting for the next time I drop some some dirty joke again, inadvertently. But then because they're listening to that, they're listening to the rest of my rest of what I was saying, and they took it in and they appreciated the message that I had, the overarching message of how a man can change his life. He's not destined to be one things. And one of the big things was being in the military. You know, you're going to have your, yourself, your life shaped into a particular uh, way so that you're, you're, you've lost bits of your old life so that you could become a weapon. And when they're done, they kind of just set you off to the side and say, thank you, soldier. You did a good job. Have a good rest of your life. And some guys mourn the fact that they've had parts of their old life shaved off to make, to make you into a weapon. When in all reality, that, that end, that pointy blackened, uh, end of your, of your spear is still useful. Yeah. You may not be able to use it as a weapon anymore. But you're still able to use that whole staff. You can actually put like a rubber stopper over the end of uh, end of the uh, of the pointed end of your spear, and it could become a walking stick. There's a lot, you know. You you can change your life into anything. You can morph it. You can actually even just take your old life, throw it off to the side, pick up a new life, and start shaping it any way you want. And that's kind of what I was wanting to tell them, getting across. And that's what they actually picked up and liked about the about the speech all because i finally got out of my head and just let the let the speech flow and so could i done a lot better yeah yeah oh yeah <laughs> i could have done a whole lot better i could have practiced a whole lot more because i was going to talk about the three battles of a man's life and how uh and how what his missions in life can be to help fight off those those and fight off those three main battles and maybe a, a podcast episode sometime down the road but as you see that whole speech and the opportunity that i had to get, actually step out and be uncomfortable and trust me i was uncomfortable uh during the talk before the talk and a bit embarrassed and sheepish you know to after after the uh after the speech until i realized hey guys we're listening all right thing I learned is that, yeah, you're going to make people laugh. And one of the wonderful things about making people laugh is that you're opening them up for a connection. Hey, you're living life. Hey, I'm living life. We're enjoying life together. And hey, let's connect. And you can start having connection and start learning more about another person. And that a laughter and sense of humor really opens you up to the true heart of another person. You get to see more of them and get to understand them and you get to admire the beauty that is actually within the the hearts of each person that you get to meet. And if you can make them laugh, then awesome, man, you just brighten somebody's day. You don't know if they were having a bad day or if they're having the best day in their life and you were just the cherry on top, man. Whatever it is, you've if you're out there being bold, living life to your fullest, you're not going to get in the way of other people. The vast majority of people are going to embrace the fact that you are being successful. While, yeah, there's going to be a very small, very vocal, very loud group that's going to try to drown out the cheers. And they're going to try to say things bad about you. But in all, in the grand scale of things, that group of haters is infinitesimal 
to the amount of people whose lives you actually touch. And you could actually even look at the haters, the fact that you've touched their lives. And they don't like the fact that you actually were able to connect with them. Yeah, and so they reacted, you know, in, in a form of hatred. So you look at it in however way you want. There's always a positive side that you can look at life. You can look at life as openly and brightly and as beautiful as you want. Or you can feel like, feel the, the need to be in, down in the dumps and feel horrible and feel, you know, just, you know, lowering a snake's belly under a wagon wheel. If that's what you choose. But knowing that you have that choice of being happy or sad. And I know a lot of people want to go, well, it's just not that simple. Actually, yeah, it is that simple. It's just that there are people out there who don't want it to be that simple. Because most of the time when you're in a position where you're feeling real sad and stuff, that is all on, that is uncomfortable work you have to do on looking in on yourself. And you have to look in and go, Hey, why am I being a turd today? What is it about me that is just not working? And why am I not happy? And you have to actually go off and see what it is you're doing wrong and then own your dirt and go, okay, yeah, I'm sitting on the couch all the time. I have no energy. My wife is not talking to me. Why is that? Well, because I'm not trying to woo her and be her boyfriend. You have to own your, own your dirt, own your shortcomings. It's like, well, why you got to blame yourself for everything? Well, because a lot of times you are the one to blame. No, the other people around you have no control over your life. The only person who has control over their life is you. So you can start trying. Now, if you are, have been living a full life of nothing but being anxious and anxiety ridden, and you've taken and embraced the anxiety culture, which is sadly, there is an anxiety. There's a whole group of people who, though they say they hate it, boy, they hold on to that anxiety like it is just the, the, you know, the, the crown jewels. They are not about to let you point out. It's like, Hey, well, you could look at this. What are you, you know, and they blow up and they, they come up with every excuse under the book as to why they can't be happy and why they have social anxiety. And it's just, it's something they can't work on. Bull crud, man. That's something you can work on. How do you get over social anxiety? You get out into society. You go and out and you socialize. You have to socialize with people so that you, so that you can build up the needed skills to communicate with them. You have to understand that you're being in your head when you think everybody in the room suddenly is laughing at you. Sorry, but no, the world doesn't care about you nearly as much as you would like for them to. Life is way too, too short. Like I said, to be taking that seriously. Yet so many people today, because anxiety is the, is, well, it's the outgoing, uh, outgoing hip disease to have right now, but it's still, uh, the considered, kind of considered the hip disease. It's the hip mental illness to have because you can get people to feel sorry for you. Now, you may not agree with my analogy or my, my opinion on that, but that is my opinion. And I have seen too much of that in the, in the past. And sadly, man, if you're sitting around, Wondering how in the hell you get out of being, uh, being a, uh, socially awkward person or you're stop being, you know, being, uh, having social anxiety. It's just like I said, 
that means you have to actually start going out into society. You have to sit there and be weird and feel awkward and get, it's going, you're going to say stuff and it's going to come out wrong. It's going to, you're going to mess up and you're going to screw up. And then you, what you have to do is you have to get back out there and you have to do it again and have somebody ask you pretty much going to turn around and say, ask the exact same question. And how are you going to respond to it again? Are you going to respond to it the same way you did before? Or are you going to try something a little different? You do it over and over and over again. You get out there. You get uncomfortable. And that's the problem. Most of these people don't want to get uncomfortable. The people who have social anxiety, they don't want to be get uncomfortable. They would rather be comfortable in their own personal misery of anxiety. And yes, that is their choice. They want to be uncomfortable or they want to be anxious and they want to be stuck in their, in their house and sit on their couch and sit there and see if they can collect, uh, collect disability for their anxiety disorder instead of going out and living life fully, which is what I want them to do. I want, I'd want everybody to go out and live life on their terms, live their life to their fullest, what they deem to be a full and fulfilling life. And you can do that too. You can get out there. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be messy. You're going to screw up time and time and time again. But if you can laugh about it, if you can have a good time about it, if you can joke about it, you poke a fun at yourself a couple of times, man. Because if you do, you're going to realize that life is nowhere near as bad as you want to think it is. So get out there. Go enjoy life. If you're stuck in the house all the time because you don't don't know how you're supposed to act, well, Get outside, start paying attention to how other people act and start acting. Start realizing, hey, I got to say hi if I want anybody to say say hi back. So that's what I'm going to challenge you with this week is if you are wanting to start living life to the fullest, then man, go do something that is something that you're afraid of. Find something that you know, go talk to you. And, you know, if you're, if you're single and you, there's this, that good looking girl that you've always wanted to talk to, then dude, go out and talk to her. If you're married, try saying something that you think would be very uncharacteristic of you to your wife. Maybe it's like, Hey, this weekend, let's go to the, let's take off. Maybe you're not used to being spontaneous. Maybe you like to, to, to schedule everything out. Then go be spontaneous with your wife. Go suddenly just decide to take her out. to Maybe there's a fair nearby. Just take her out to the fair. What's going to happen? Who knows? Who cares? You're spending time with your wife. Maybe it's uh, you're you need to spend more time with your with your son. Then why not ask him? Hey, let's go camping. Let's go do something. We're going to do something. And uh, no, I don't want to. You know, you may whine and grumble and stuff like that. But go fine. Well, no, it wasn't a request. I said, go ahead and let's grab your stuff. Let's go. And worry about the rest of it later. Live in the moment. Live enjoy that that period of just being in that awkward area because it's not going to hurt you being awkward. It's not going to hurt you being anxious. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel real nice, but you know what? It's not going to kill you. And if you sit there and you be with it and you just focus in on that anxiety that you're feeling or that sense of fear or whatever it is that you are feeling and you look at it and you focus it and you actually get kind of get outside of your own self and examine it from a kind of a third person and maybe even act, you know, imagine that you are able to hold that, that emotion in your hand and to see what it looks like from all angles, you'll see that it's nothing more than just a vibration felt throughout your body. 
And as you continue to look at it, it fades away. Most emotions at the longest last 90 minutes. Or yeah, um, or not 90 minutes, 90 seconds. Even if it lasts 90 minutes, it's still. That's a blip. Man, That's there's nothing to that. It doesn't last long, but it lasts about 90 seconds is all. When you start really looking at it and examining it, that emotion fades off. So go out. Try something different. Try something bold. Slap a pair of panties on the back of your car. Whatever, you know. Who knows? Maybe you get one. You might have fun grabbing and finding a large, very large pair of granny panties and putting it over the trunk of your car. I don't know. Do you, you, you be you, man. Do something, you know, that's out of character that, you know, you might find funny or that you think your buddies define funny. Try that out and see what they do and see if they, who laughs and see who, as they pull up, you see people who give you cut dirty looks. All right, dude. You don't have to look at them uh, twice. You look at them, oh, okay, well, I guess he wasn't happy about it. And just enjoy it. And if he wants to roll down the window and bitch at you, guess what? You can roll your window back up and then drive on. And he can continue to sit there and yell and holler and want you to roll the windows down. And you don't have to. And if you find someone who gets angry at you because you've got an abnormally ginormous pair of panties on your back of your car, then you know what? That's fine. You've touched their life and they didn't like that fact that you made them, you made a funny point about some, uh, about women's underwear. I mean, in all reality, the trunk, the, the giant panties is a lot like the truck testicles. I find the truck testicles now to be absolutely absurd, but you know, the first couple of times I saw them, I was like, <laughs> there's a set of balls on that truck. You know, yeah, they're fake, but you know, still. It was kind of funny. Actually, the first set of them I saw was on a VW bug. <laughs> and at that time, it was funny because they were just barely touching the ground. So it hit the, as it hit a rock, you were just like, ow, 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 son of a, you know. <laughs> and so you can, you can find humor. You can find fun things. If you are wanting to, to figure out how to live life, more in a more fuller fashion. You want to stop being playing small and you want to start living life in its most grandest, most awesome form. There are two different ways I can, we can help you with that. One, we can do some live coaching and that's one on one. And I got a year, uh, year package that will just help us to get you set on the track, get you to working on the getting that habit, uh, those thought habits in place and, enforce those habits and maybe even get a couple of new habits going and give you the skills that you need to be able to start living life fuller. I've got that package. And if that package doesn't, it doesn't fit you. Maybe you're, you know, you need to start working on your, your men's, uh, the, the, the community aspect of your four pillars. And man, I've got a men's group where guys are dead set on making sure that you succeed. They are wanting to make sure that you get out there and you become the best man possible. You're the one you, we, we meet each, uh, each week and we sit down and we talk about what it is, what obstacle we're facing. And all these guys will come in and help find a solution to what that obstacle is. And as you continue to improve and progress and get better, 
these guys are going to stand up and they're going to cheer you on. They're going to be the support group that you need. They're going to hold you accountable when they, when you need. These guys are going to make sure that you succeed. The only reason that you fail is because you failed to do it. And if that sounds like something you'd like to do, there's the there's the uh, the Brotherhood of Men men's group that I have. And that is a great group to to be in. Love to have, see you in there because we can always use a few more men in the groups. And I've got four different day, uh, periods, a couple for the morning guys, a couple for the evening guys. And so I'd love to have you there. If you'd love to, go over to relaxmail.com forward slash brotherhood for the brotherhood of man. Or go to relaxmail.com forward slash coaching for the different uh, coaching styles or coaching packages. And I'm... Hit me up. Let me know. I'd love to talk with you. Just needing someone to talk, let me know. Again, I'll I'll sit down. I'll talk with you for a little bit. So, guys, with that, I'm going to let you go. Thanks again for listening. We're going to talk to you next week. So, until then, bye.